Welcome, everybody, to the Shake and Blake show on Wildcat 91.9. My name is Blake Crawford. Along with me is John Grove, as always. How's it going, John? Not bad, not bad. Just kind of a little bit more relaxed after K-State football got a big win on oh, Yeah, Saturday. we can finally take a breathe after almost a year. Three, three, no, ex- exactly a year. 364 yeah. days without a Big 12 that, win. That is almost a year. Finally. I was just, <laughs> I was just ready fin- for it. Just, finally yeah. get a win. But yeah, we have a great show for you here on the Shake and Blake Show on Wildcat 91.9. We're going to talk about K-State's 25-24 to win over Texas Tech. Finally get a win in the Big 12 and, you know, what we are got going on going forward with the TCU game tomorrow. We'll preview that, talk about some K-State headlines, what else is going on in K-State sports, and then alongside our big uh, men's basketball preview mm-hmm. as the team starts their season off with an exhibition this Thursday against Pitt State. So we do have a great show, but let's go ahead and get right into the Texas Tech game again. 25-24, K-State Texas takes it over Texas Tech. Skylar Thompson had a great game, 24-30, 296 yards. Really impressive. What'd you make of the game, John? It was definitely more on the, thr- on the, on the passing game for sure. Uh, the rushing yards was only 80, 81, but that's what you're going to get when you face Texas Tech. They're going to make you... Uh, they're gonna make they're gonna not make it easy in terms of a run game. So you're gonna have to rely on the passing passing when you play against Tech a lot. So Deuce fell short of 100 yards rushing for a fourth consecutive game after hitting triple digits in each of the first three games, but his impact was huge significantly in terms of passing yards. I mean he had 120 scrimmage yards uh, with 68 rushing and three touchdowns. So he was definitely the uh, the key player who. Racked up all the points for K-State. Yeah, he was the leading receiver, scored all three touchdowns, did only have 51 rushing yards, I believe, on 15 carries. But uh, we'll go ahead and kind of, you know, go through kind of, you know, each game kind of in a chronological order. But I'll go ahead and ask you this question to first off. Deuce Vaughn hasn't gotten 100 yards rushing in the last three games. Is that a concern at all, or does it really matter since he's been so involved in the passing game? And it seems like it's not because we can't. It's just because we're, you know, we're adjusting to what the defense is giving us. Well, I think you're kind of sensing a pattern a little bit like last year, right, where where teams are starting to figure out the K-State scheme a little bit with Deuce Vaughn. Like with TCU last year, they figured out in a heartbeat – uh, and then kind of leading up to this year, Oklahoma State uh, has found it out. Uh, Iowa State has. As the season kind of progresses, um, you're going to see teams like Baylor and Texas do their best to try and stop Deuce. Um, I think it's a little bit concerning, but considering that you also have uh, Joe Irvin, you can also kind of um, mix it up and kind of disguise yourself a little bit. Yeah, and you would think as teams start to realize how much of a threat we are as a passing team, that it might go the other way, and then we can start because uh, in press conferences, I know people were asking a lot about kind of finding a balance between the pass and the rush, but I think it's just more about what the defense is giving us, and I think you know we have it on film that they need to respect the pass, and I think that will help us with the run. But you know we've been talking all about all the fun stuff, but I think we got we got to get up to the you know the start of the game and how it all started versus uh, Texas Tech, and it was not good. You know, Tech scores on their first drive last uh, versus Iowa State. It was one play, seventy-five yards. It was two plays this time. Two, two was plays, seventy-five. It's going to be three. It's going to be three plays tomorrow. Who knows? But I mean, and then you know, Malik Knowles fumbles the kickoff. I mean, it's just just like couldn't couldn't have asked for a worse start. You almost just have to laugh. I mean, it's 
And then, you know, even – and then when, you know, the, um, we fumble the kickoff and Tech gets the ball, a late hit call on Gerard McPherson, which, you know, puts them on the goal line and makes it that much easier for them to score. I mean, it couldn't have been a worse start. And then right after that, we have a three and out. Like, we get ourselves into third and 15, a bunch of stupid penalties. And, you know, Skylar Thompson throws a dime to Landry Weber. Mm-hmm. You know, they drop eight. It's third and 15. But right away, uh, one of the Tech linemen gets past, I believe, Noah Johnson and immediately gets pressure on Skylar. And he's, but he finds Landry Weber somehow, but he drops it. So, you know, we're down 14 nothing, and Tech gets the ball in, you know, in K-State territory, I believe in the K-State 48-yard line. It's 14 nothing with 10-11 left in the first quarter. I mean, but we managed to get it, you know, kind of like settle down and, you know, get back into the game uh, in the first half. Uh, uh, Texas Tech registered 215 yards and scored on four of its first six position, possessions. Ugh. Wow. The second half was a different story, though. K-State locked down Tech's RPO scheme and brought more players into the box to eliminate the running portion of Columbia's play options. Uh, two huge sacks by Enidike Uzama. Uh, and Nate Macklack on Texas Tech's final possession, that was that's definitely shocked a lot of K State fans, even you and me, when yeah. we were watching the game in person. It it was a much impressive performance in the second half for sure. Yeah, and, and I mean it's kind of similar to what happened in the uh, the Oklahoma State game where we just you know we absolutely sucked in the first half, but managed to shut them out again in the second half. Now, I mentioned that Chris Kleiman addressed the uh, the slow start that the defense has. Here's what he had to say about the uh, slow start for the defense. We haven't started very fast the last few weeks on defense, um, and it's not like the calls are any different. I mean, we're making the same calls in the first half that we were in the second half. It's, you know, maybe... You you can't say well we're getting adjusted to the speed of the game. You don't they don't allow you to do that. They don't allow you. A, it's not an exhibition season for a quarter. We have to get adjusted to the speed a lot faster. Um, and I, I'm hopeful going against our, our offense a little bit more and going some ones versus ones or ones versus twos and getting uh, some uh, older, more experienced linemen and backs to go against uh, will help us to start a little bit faster, but uh, we played well in the second half, and hopefully that gives them some confidence. Yeah, hopefully we can carry that momentum from the defense that we played in the second half, you know, in, or from the second half into the first half of the TC game. But continuing down the uh, the Texas Tech game, we do manage to score, um, you know, Skyler, you know, on a fourth and four. We went for it on fourth down twice on that drive that- where we scored. Skyler runs, takes a big hit, which was pretty scary. But we make it 7 14. Uh, at the start of the second quarter, but you know, Tech immediately responds. You know, by halftime we're down twenty four ten and I mean, you know, it's it's looking kinda grim to be honest. It was looking grim, but uh I think after a three and out for K State in the second half, then came the special teams of Ty Zentner. Okay. Yeah. He he played absolutely amazing in that game. Punted three times, averaging five fifty five point seven yards a kick and planting one inside the tech five, which led to the King Felix safety. And I'm calling him King Felix, by the way, because it, it, that last yeah. name is just starts to get harder and harder to pronounce <laughs> as the days go on. But his, bo- his booming 81-yard kickoff, uh, Zentner's 81-yard kickoff after K-State's uh, final score was also vitally important uh, as it prevented Tech from getting decent field position uh, in its final drive as well. So you got to look at some of us key perspectives from the outside rather from kind of looking at some of the main factors 
that you kind of tend to struggle on a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, going back to the second half, I mean, we get the ball down 20, uh, 24-10, I mean, immediate three and out, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's, it's just a real downer. But Ty Zender, I mean, he almost saves the game with the, that huge punt. And then, you know, of course, Felix and Udike Uzama, absolutely, I mean, he did not have to do it to the offensive lineman like that. I mean, that was absolutely crazy. I mean, it was it was just a great safety by... Uh, Felix and Utica Azuma. Hold on. Wait, what? I think something was a bit off. I think it sums up with the clip player. Here, let me try it again. Okay. And Udike Azuma. Nah... That's just Tim Brando. I think we need to get Tim our. Brando. I think we get our producer. I think something's wrong with the clip. Here, let me try. Let try, me try, try one. Try, try another one. Hey, hey Mar- Marcus, Marcus, could you could you help us out? Felix and Udika Uzama. There we go. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, right. it's working now. It, it fixed. Okay, yeah, sorry yeah, for yeah. the technical difficulties, folks. Yeah, you know <laughs> things get kind of crazy around here, but I mean that makes it twelve twenty four. We immediately get the ball back and we score, and I mean it's just this immediate you know sign of hope. And then you know, and then at some point we're driving down the field. I believe at the uh, near the end of the third quarter, you know, we're driving. We're almost in the red zone. Nick Leonard's fumbles, you know, uh, and it's like just man. as just when you're you know you, we've had the terrible start, you see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it just immediately gets sucked away from you. And it it was a tough hit on Nick Leonard's as well. He, Texas Tech brought two guys uh, hit it hard on him, and boy, that, that was just a tough. That was just a brutal hit right there. Uh, K State was driving down the field. Look, looked like everything was looking good, but just a costly mistake there. Yeah, and then luckily we're able to get uh, Texas Tech to punt. But then, you know, in the fourth quarter, we get ourselves in third and a light year, 30, 34. But, I mean, we get completely bailed out by an illegal hands to the face by a Texas Tech defensive lineman. It's an automatic first down, and it absolutely that, saves us. And then it sets up for the Deuce Vaughn touchdown to take the 25-24 lead. And a lot of Texas Tech fans, from what I saw on Twitter, just – Lost their minds when they when we got the when we got the first down thanks to the penalty. But if you're K State's offense, you can't have these errors every time. Like we see we see Skylar Thompson being vulnerable in these situations, uh, the offensive line not doing their part at times, and just costly penalties a little bit as well with the offensive lines. Yeah, twelve penalties, ninety three yards, just absolutely 90, 90, 96. Is it ninety six? Yeah. I saw that on ESPN. Whatever. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. Texas Tech with five for forty. So I mean, it was just terrible. Here's Chris Kleiman on the uh, the penalties. That was really frustrating on Saturday. Once again, if you have a holding penalty or something, okay, uh, that that's going to happen uh, in in a game situation. The uh, the pre-snap penalties we in game seven, game eight are, are we have to stop. And I, I, the crowd was good, but the crowd shouldn't have been that big of a factor. And so I know it's something that whether it's the the, the rhythm of the cadence to us sitting in there to um, the clap because we had to go and clap a few times, and we prepped it and we worked it uh, a bunch throughout the week. Uh, we just have to clean them up. We we are not a, a unit that needs to be in first and fifteen all the time, and we've got to get better and, and clean that stuff up. Yeah, the penalties were absolutely killer, and it, I mean, it's something we'll definitely keep our eye on for the game against TCU. But getting back, kind of, we're, you know, almost done with Texas Tech. Six oh nine left in the fourth quarter, we're up twenty five twenty four. We missed the two point conversion. I think we were trying to run a like slant play to Phillip Brooks, but on that Deuce Vaughn play, Brando calls it an RPO. It's not an, it RPO. Is not an RPO. I mean, you could maybe confuse it for an RPO. Because, I mean, you have running backs on either side. We fake the handoff to Deuce, and Malik on the left side. 
is running like a, a sort of a slant route, but Skyler's not looking that way at all. He's looking to the right side to try and move the safeties so Deuce yeah. can slip out. And the, like the play the entire time was designed for Deuce. I mean, all the wide receivers are running to the right side. Skyler's looking to the right side. He, he was the only one yeah. open, so there wasn't really a whole lot of options. So when Texas Tech was starting to bring, starting to heat things up in terms of pressure, pressuring the QB, you had to look towards it towards uh, Deuce Vaughn since he was wide open right there. Right? Yeah. Beautiful pass. So we finally get the lead, but, you know, it's we still got a little bit of work to do on defense. But luckily, Felix and you think you comes through comes through for us and gets a sack. And, you know, we were able to get a stop on 4th and 14, run out the clock, win 25-24. Now we're 4-3. and three. We snap a three-game losing streak. Was it a nine-game losing streak in Big 12 play dating back to last year? I think so. Okay. And that was, that was Nate Matlack with the sack. Yeah. Uh, to turn up. Yeah, to, on 4th and 14, to, yeah. To seal things up, which caused for some coach in the Big 12 to uh, – Pack their bags. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that, and, and then also something to mention uh, as well. Uh, Skylar Thompson threw to eleven different receivers, which is definitely you know something that they were talking about in the press conferences that they really want to try and do more. Also, Deuce Vaughn has just became in that game the fastest player to get to two thousand all-purpose yards. Took him seventeen games, one game faster than Tyler Lockett, who held the record previously. So Deuce Vaughn once again getting put into the record books of K-State history, and then also Texas Tech getting held scoreless in the second half and you mentioned it now Matt Wells I believe was that on Wednesday uh got canned and now their offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie is their interim head coach going forward what are your thoughts on that I think it was I was it wasn't my well a lot of Texas Tech fans saw it coming I mean I didn't I didn't think because they had a five and two record but I saw a lot of a lot of Texas Tech fans like they were they were not feeling comfortable about this because K-State was probably the most winnable game left uh, with their next few games. Dropping to K-State, they're now 5-3. and three. They, play, they play the Oklahoma schools, Iowa State and Baylor. They just don't feel like uh, they just don't feel like having uh, Matt Wells there uh, just gets the job done for Texas Tech. Still has an opportunity to go to a bowl game, but losing, choking, uh, choking 14-point leads just doesn't get the job done in Lubbock. I- I mean, their problem is they've played TCU, they've played West Virginia, they've played Kansas, they, they've played us. What's they, left, you know? They, what winnable they, games are left? They haven't really played a whole lot. Like, well, they did beat Houston early on. Houston's yeah. one of the top AAC schools, but, I mean, it's Houston. I mean, no disrespect to Houston, but they, but based on the past few years, I kind of knew that Texas Tech win was coming, but... You're right. They weren't as bell tested, and now they got the gauntlet coming up. Uh, and they already they already gave up seventy to Texas this yeah. year. So I mean, I know for Tech fans that this was a huge game for them, just to kind of you know whatever happens going forward. You know, you're locked in for a bowl game if you get the win against K State. You know, in a team that you know coming in, we were really struggling. So you know, we struggled at the very start of the game. But pretty much, you know, the TLDR for the Tech game is like it was a rough game. Both teams made a lot of mistakes, but I think it feels really good to be the team and you know like the a, team that wins the team that wins when you're you know you're not playing at your best and that's and that's kind of like that with kind of a tier of at k-state texas tech and the likes of uh what tcu who even what uh like just win these games it might not be in the prettiest fashion like some of the top dogs do but just like every day you're fighting just to get a win like that's that's all what 
truly matters at the end. Yeah, I think Skylar Thompson and uh, some of the coaches mentioned winning is contagious. You know, I think getting that win and starting to build confidence. They mentioned it a lot that you know mm-hmm. the to you know see the prep that they did the week before, which I know Skylar Thompson said was some of the best prep they had done going into the Tech game, and to see it pay off and get the win, I think that's really you know motivating to you know put in even more work the next week and you know just keep that get that snowball rolling. And I think we can really do that. And we'll go ahead and you know transition into the K State versus TCU game. K State at four and three, one and three in conference play. TCU three and four, but also one and three in conference play. K State, uh, the last time I checked, a few hours ago, minus three and a half. Um, and then the over under is fifty eight and a half, two thirty. ESPNU, it's homecoming for K State. Hopefully, a good turnout. Even though there's some construction on Kimball, which may impede some uh, people trying to get into the stadium. So hopefully we'll have a good crowd at the Bell. I'll throw this little fact as well. The last time K-State lost a homecoming game was back in 2017 when they almost beat Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield, but the Sooners just pulled it out with like nine yeah. seconds left, just tear, just tearing my heart. Now. Yeah. But K-State yeah. since then has been undefeated, and we'll see what happens. It's a big homecoming game. Yeah, it's- no, it's a, it's a big game. Um, you know, there's a lot of drama around TC right now and their locker room culture. Uh, Zach Evans didn't practice a few times this week, and then according to K-State Online, uh, Max Duggan wasn't doing taking practice reps this week due to a nagging foot injury, and their backup quarterback, Chandler Morris, was the one taking reps. So, I mean, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I mean, obviously you don't want to, you know, take for granted the win or anything or, you know, underestimate TCU at all because they're still, you know, it's a Big 12 football team. They're yeah. definitely, you know, there's a lot of – they say it all. There's tons of parity in the Big 12. You know, anything can really – any team can beat any other team. But um, Not you know, named Kansas. <laughs> Well, I mean, we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll get into that in a little bit. That I can't believe that game. But uh, to preview uh, TCU, let's go and hear uh, Chris Clements last on TCU. Explosive plays. Doesn't matter who they're playing against. You know, you look at the games against uh, Texas and OU and Texas Tech. The amount of explosive plays, the 30, the 40, the 60-yard plays that they get against people, uh, rushing the football with two phenomenal running backs and uh, throwing the ball and getting explosive plays um, with a wide receiver. And I'm a big Max Duggan fan. I think Max is is a great competitor, a really good quarterback, excellent runner, can beat you running it and throwing it. um, been a fan of his since the the time he played here as a true freshman and made some plays against us, and I think he's a great competitor. Yeah, so Kleiman mentions it. Explosive uh, plays, you know, will be a real key, and you know that's what the coaches have been harping on the entire year. But you know, being in the Big Twelve, limit the explosive plays. And I mean, our defense hasn't looked great all the time, but I think generally speaking, when it comes to explosive plays, I think we've done a good job. Of you know, I mean, you know, Ross Elder well, in the Texas Tech game got completely lost, but I, I think that's kind of an outlier. And not really, you know, um, representative of what K State's defense has kind of been. And for the most part, during the first half against Iowa State, like apart from that 75-yard touchdown from Brees Hall, K State's kind of held up part a little bit in terms of stopping the run game a little bit. Uh, that's gonna have that second half defense you mentioned against Tech. That that's gonna have to show up against TCU because Max Duggan, he get he keep. I think he keeps getting better and better. We'll see if he, we'll see if he plays on Saturday, but. Max Duggan's completion percentage is at a career high, 64.5% with 227.5 yards each week and 9.3 yards per attempt. His next throwing score will be a no, 40 and, uh, let me think, 40, uh, uh, we'll just skip that for now. 
uh, he's one of a, a top three Big 12 quarterbacks in, uh, in terms of passing efficiency, what, along with uh, Casey Thompson at Texas, uh, Gary Bohannon at Baylor. So um, Max Duggan, he's been a threat to us the past few years. Um, we'll see what happens. And when it comes to queuing up the pass, Duggan often looks for Quinton Johnston, 24 receptions, 468 yards, five touchdowns. The six foot four freshman Quincy Brown has consecutive starts against West Virginia and Oklahoma and he, he and has not fully broken out. To be sure, the Horn Frogs expect to break down defenses with a pounding run game led by sophomore standout Zach Evans. Yeah, he's definitely I mean, the Big Twelve is just stacked with running backs this year. I mean, it seems like every team you play, you're like, man, you know, this guy's just so good. Yep. And he definitely deserves to be in the conversation up there with, you know, B. John Robinson and Deuce Vaughn and, and people Hall like and- Brees Hall as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you know, a few keys for K State. We'll get into that a little bit. Is win the turnover battle. You know, I know Coach Mass mentioned it that we've, you know, there, we've had a few games in a row where we haven't won the turnover battle. We've turned it all over. You know, in really bad times. You know, in the Oklahoma game, in the uh, Texas Tech game as well. You know, when we're down. You know, in scoring position. Oklahoma we, State game too. Yeah, Oklahoma State. We just totally give it away. Obviously, less less penalties. K State is seventy eighth. In the country, in penalties, averaging about seven a game, which I mean, you do you do not want to see. And then obviously a fast start. I mean, it, hopefully, Defin- hopefully, def- I, if we can hold Iowa State, if we, oh, sorry, I, I got the wrong. Team. No, you're good. Um, if the defense can set the tone early on, the K State offense should be should be doing looking pretty good because TCU right now ranks 97th uh, in terms of overall defense. I mean. Actually, I take that back. Located outside of a country's top 100 in scoring defense. But Horn Frogs being found what seems to be as lost as uh, Shaquille O'Neal at a Munchkin <laughs> reunion or something like that. Uh, even worse, TCU almost reaches to the FBS worst 10 <laughs> in yardage uh, allowed, pretty good. Uh, allowed each week. Uh, as one might uh, as certain, TCU gets off the field as well as a chocoholic recess, a bag of Hershey. Hershey kisses on Halloween. So, sorry, the, the Halloween vibes are just. You are on one today. <laughs> the, the Mountaineers average six point nine six yards per play, and it amazed uh, four hundred and eighty-seven total yards with one hundred and eleven yards and three rushing scores by Letty Brown. That's enough for pretty good running back as well. Yeah. Uh, TCU's defense made Jared Diggy look like a quarterback who could play on Sunday. That's that's awfully rare for me to say but Jared Daigie completed 75 percent of passes that went for 9.2 yards uh each attempt plus Gary Green picked up 67 yards in a single carry in the quarterback run game looking for the formula to beat TCU if you watched last Saturday's game against uh West Virginia and Fort Worth you you'll witness it yeah, that'll definitely. I mean, this is a TCU team who's lost four out of their last five. You know, they got whooped by Oklahoma. They lost to West Virginia, who's probably going to finish ninth in the Big Twelve. So, I mean, you know, they're definitely you know a program who definitely need a win. They, but I mean, given you know, and they may have a tough stretch as well. I haven't looked up a schedule, but I think they they got a. I think they, I they got some pretty middle middle on the road Big Twelve teams coming up. So. T- this is a must-win for TCU. Yeah, and then for K State, it's—I mean—it's almost the opposite. This is really a stretch where we could, you know, counting the win against Tech, really get like a four-game winning streak. Potentially, yeah. which is—I mean—which is really what we. I think it'd be really nice to be seven and three going into those last two games against Texas and Baylor, because our next three games after TCU tomorrow, we play Kansas, which is in Lawrence, West Virginia at home, and Baylor at home. Baylor. Home, so yeah. I mean. 
three home games, <laughs> basically. The, the <laughs> but while the Big Twelve championship hopes are they're out the window, yeah. they still have a chance to finish off the year pretty well. So no, I mean, yeah, seven and five. I mean, you know, if we're if we're as, lucky, eight and four. I mean, that could be you know really something. As, as a K State fan, though. I don't. We, no more. No more trips to the Liberty Bowl or the Cactus Bowl. Yeah. I, I'm just. I'm just looking forward to a different, different scene. Yeah. It's we'll. We'll see scene. what happens. We'll see what happens. Texas Bowl but, or something. Who knows? But you gotta get. You yeah. Gotta we'll win try and spice it up a little bit. You know. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the Cheese Bowl in Orlando. Cheese. Orlando. I'm Orlando. Up feeling the cheesiest coach. Cheese. <laughs> cheese. Cheese. Sorry, I'm getting off track. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's let's get into some predictions. Uh, so, what, I mean, how do you th- what do you what are a couple of keys that you have for this game? What are you going to be looking out for? And then, uh, well, not who do you think is going to win because it's pretty obvious. But uh, what is the score going to be? We lose our jobs if we didn't say K State would win. But yeah, I'd say the key is it's once again K State's defense. How er- how early will they show up? Will definitely be one of the keys. Uh, haven't been there for Texas Tech. Haven't been there for Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma State. Is it safe to say Southern Illinois too? I guess. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's just I don't know. I just throw that game out the window because I think everybody was so like rattled from Skyler being hurt. It was right. like such an emotion. I think it's best just to like not really like consider it. I don't think it's really representative of you know how we play. That's so. fair. Uh, so that so defense early starts. That's what I look for into K State and TCU. Just culturally, right now, we'll we'll see if TCU can just get back get back up because it just seems like there's been a lot of on and off the field issues especially with Gary Patterson we'll see what happens there very I just don't think we're in a good place right now and while Patterson a K-State alum Kansas native from Roselle is quite comfortable with the Sunflower State I think K-State's just a slightly better team right now just more just better defensively the games in Manhattan I I gotta go for cats I, I gotta go for cats well, well obviously I'm going for cats yeah what about a score uh, 34 to 24. That's a good score. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to pick, you know, K-State too. Um, I'll probably, you know, like 31-20, I think. I think there'll be a few more field goals. Honestly, if we're all going to be honest, for the last few, last few years, like, it's been so low scoring, really low scoring, but it's either one way or another. Like, it's so close. Like, it's just, it's just, it. It's very K State TCU ish. Like it's, it's around the twenty twenty four to seventeen range or around there. Is it? Yeah, but it'll it'll definitely be a fun game at the Bill tomorrow two thirty on ESPNU again. K State a three and a half point favorite. Uh, we both say they're going to cover, and I, I think they should cover too. They 50, should fifty eight and a half. I'm trying to do the math, but uh, I think yeah, I, I pick the under. Just can't the- just can't allow any. Uh, explosive plays from TCU as well early on if yeah. TCU gets the ball first. Yeah, K-State games just generally kind of have a tendency to be kind of low scoring this year at least. It's, it's just, That's just kind of how it's been because we expected the Tech game to be, you know, pretty high scoring, but it ended up being, you know, kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. But yeah, it should be a fun game, but let's go ahead and hear a word from Tanner's and then we'll get into some headlines and then we'll, me and John will list our top 10 K-State players based on performance so far this season. And we are back on the Shake and Blake show. Blake Crawford alongside John Grove. Now we'll go ahead and get into some K-State headlines. The volleyball team uh, Wednesday and Thursday went up against Texas Tech. They took both games, three sets to two on Wednesday, three sets to one on Thursday. Now 14-7, and 5-5 five and five in conference play. John, what do they do well to take both those games against Tech? Uh, the first night offensively looked a lot better for K-State. 
Defensively, had some problems yesterday, but uh, I think K-State just, I think it's just good that K-State came up with a win. Like, you look at the last three match, like, last three uh, series in the Big 12 where K-State, uh, where it's generally been, like, the home team wins on night one and the road team wins on night two. So I was kind of expecting Texas Tech to kind of, kind of not, I wouldn't say handle K-State, but kind of get the win potentially. Uh, Aaliyah Carter, Pesa Wildcats offense with 13 get kills to go with 12 digs last night. Holly Blonde finished with a dozen kills while Sydney Boulding put down 11 kills at her career best. Three consecutive blocks as well. This K-State defense, they're improving a lot. Haley Warner, but Florida transfer added 10 kills and five blocks. Uh, and K-State now has a, K-State's now won, what is it, five consecutive against the Red Raiders. And those are big matches, too. K-State's one to look into the NCAA tournament. You have to win matches uh, that are – you have to win matches with teams that are ranked higher than you. So, big win this weekend for Susie Fritz and the Cats. Yeah, definitely got to put some wins together to try and make the tournament. Now, for the soccer team, they finished up their season last night against Iowa State uh, in a one to nothing loss. Anna Lindgren for the Cyclones scored in the 53rd minute for the uh, game-winning goal for them. But uh, before the game, they honored uh, four seniors, Emily Crane, Taylor Gardner, McGuire Sullivan, and Brooklyn Entz. Brooklyn Entz leaves K-State soccer claiming 28 school records, including career goals, assists, and points. Truly a great player. Definitely one of the pioneers for yeah. K-State soccer. Yeah, she set a foundation for this young program to succeed hopefully in the future and a proud representative my hometown of Newton, Kansas. Hey, so, all right. Railer, Railer let's go Railroaders. Yeah, uh, yeah. K-State finished the night with a 13-12 edge in total shots. Iowa State just held a 9-5 lead in shots on goal. So Iowa State ha- also had held the advantage in corner kicks, 6-2. It, does, it did eliminate K-State's chances at a Big 12 championship. Kansas lost, too. So with Iowa State beating us, the Cyclones took the eighth-place spot uh, in the Big 12 tournament. So... Tough way to go out. That's yeah, unfortunate, out. but yeah, I think you know we're continuing to get better each year yeah. for you know Mike Dabini's club. You know, two draws against top twenty-five teams, which you know never had a result before against the top twenty-five team. You know, it's it's progress. And you then know? you also you also went in overtime against Kansas in Lawrence. Yeah. Chefs, that, that one, that one was <laughs> a it, chef's kiss. It doesn't get much better. The digger right to the heart. And then uh, getting back to football a little bit, Deuce Vaughn spoke to the media this week, and he explained how he got the name Deuce and then also how he got the number 22. So my mom gave me Deuce when I was born. Uh, and growing up, uh, it was always in, in school. It was Chris. Football, it was Deuce. And then uh, my mom had an opinion. to that. She was like, I really, really like Deuce. So that's, that's what she always called me. And uh, it's funny, my sisters don't call me uh, Deuce. My dad's starting to, but it's gotten to the point where my mom tells everybody I'm Deuce. Like, people don't even know Chris is my first name anymore. And whenever somebody says Chris, they, they look at me like, who, 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 who's Chris? Uh, so it was one of those things in high school, I think it was like beginning of high school, mom's like, you're going by Deuce. Like, that, that's, that's you. Like, it's your alias from now on. That's your name. I'm like, all right. We, we, I, I really like Deuce, so I just went, I just rolled with it. It was always going to be 2 or 22. Uh, and then one year, I remember, I think it was, t- 2 was gone. So I had to put 4. And I was like, I don't want to be 4. I want to have 2 in it. So 2 plus 2 equals 4. So I went with 4 because uh, I remember, like, the jersey size was, like, too big for 22 for me. So I had to go 4. And then once I got to high school and everything, and middle school was 22. Can you imagine if Malik Knowles is listening to that conversation right now? He he wants to take four? No, Number wait. four. Because two plus two equals four. 
Okay, that's yeah. basic math. We get it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> but anyway, but also... Har- uh, Harvard bound. Baby, <laughs> Harvard bound. <laughs> anyway, uh, in a bit of national news, uh, our boy... Felix Ayudika, you ...was uh, featured on NFL Live on a big man ballin'. And here is Felix on uh, getting to be on ESPN. Oh, it was it was very cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And then, like I said before, with them uh, them pronouncing my name, that was it. Just made me happy that they pronounced my name right. And like like every single uh, what's it called every single every single thing like pronunciation they pronounce it right. Like he said, Felix N U D K Uzama, and I was like, okay, that's that's yeah. I was like, okay, that's 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 definitely cool. Yeah. I, I honestly really wanted to hear his thoughts about how Tim Brando mentions his uh, name. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't want to just put Brando on blast. <laughs> I'm sure it's not very professional. But he also uh, spoke about how the uh, the film study they had done in preparation of the pre- helped him succeed in uh, getting that safety. So here is that. Yeah, because I knew that, like we practiced and practiced, I knew that if the, the jet sweep goes to my side in that type of formation and if we were playing men front, he for me, well, sorry, a friend that we practice, for me to shoot that gap and I can make the running back because obviously the running back is going to go the opposite way. So that's why I practiced it. And then I knew that play was going to happen. So I just like took a shot and I, and that's how I got the safety. And again, seeing the preparation payoff for these guys, I think is really huge for their confidence. Now, speaking of the defensive line, Bronson Massey um, has practiced a little bit. Joe Klanderman is hopeful that he can play, but we will definitely uh, keep our eyes to see if uh, Bronson Massey will bring the boom not, on Saturday. Not only Bronson Massey, but uh, let me think. Justin Gardner hopefully oh, yeah. will yes. be helping enough to play against TCU. Both are going to be a game-time decision, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it would be, it'd be really nice if they could play. But obviously, you know, we want them to play when they're healthy, not 100%, and they can, you know, bring their best. Yeah. So, And uh, in the Big 12 action tomorrow, all 10 teams playing, which is kind of nice. The Stars uh, have officially aligned. Yeah, Texas taking on number 16, Baylor, in Waco, 11 a.m. on ABC. Mm. Uh, do you think Baylor are, I don't want to say for real, but um, are they for real? If there's anybody listening to ba- uh, like listening to me right now who's from Waco, just you want to mute this, but I don't think there is, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> my my stepmom's a Baylor fan, so uh. Dave Aranda, Dave, I think Dave Aranda's Big Twelve Coach of the Year, no doubt about it. Yeah, he, he's considering where they were uh, last year, just dealing with so much COVID issues. That they he did a great job with the program. With that being said, I don't think Big Baylor's a Big 12 championship caliber team. I I loved Gary Bohannon, that Baylor defense. I just don't know if I can take them seriously. They still got a few games where they could easily trip up, and this one against Texas, I I, I think this could be one where where they, where Texas gets them potentially. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens on Saturday, and then uh, Iowa State taking on West Virginia in Morgantown then Tech taking on number four Oklahoma Oklahoma at home but I mean you know I mean Texas Tech under the new head coach Sonny Cumbie uh looked to have a pull, looked to pull off a huge upset but I mean Oklahoma's been playing with fire especially you know with that KU game I mean they're down 10 to nothing at halftime I mean it's I mean and all their games have been relatively close and I mean they don't look like a top four team in we the country were, even though they're undefeated we were watching at we were watching football at Tanners and we had like so many massive we had a lot of screens and one of them, like right next to the K-State-Texas Tech game, yeah. was the Oklahoma-Kansas game. I was like, 
is this really happening right now? He's like, you got to pinch me to just make sure that's the case. Uh, Oklahoma's defense really, uh, this is really disappointing. I thought Oklahoma's defense was going to be for real. They, they need to pressure Columbi. So, so, something has to give with that uh, Oklahoma defense. They only have one sack and three quarterback hurries in the last two games. The result was making average quarterbacks look like Tom Brady, uh, allowing 70% completions for a combined 592 yards and five touchdowns. No picks versus TCU in Kansas. That's got to change. Uh, the big question for Texas Tech is how focused will they be after losing their head coach in the middle of the season? If they can maintain focus, they will make it a pretty competitive game, and they only need one more win to become Bill eligible. So is Matt Wells leaving kind of a – kind of a, I, I don't know what to say, but is it kind of light, like – Light, lighting a fire maybe? I don't know. Seeing, but yeah, seeing a light at the end of a tunnel. That would be an insane upset. I mean, you know, that would be a heck of a way to be Bill eligible. And then, uh, you know, finishing off KU, uh, going to play number 15, Oklahoma State. Now, we won't be mean to KU and tell you what the line is or what how bad their defense is since, you know, they put up a good fight against Oklahoma, which was really fun to watch. So, you know, props to them for, you know, almost beating Oklahoma. And, you know, hopefully they can continue to improve their uh, football program. Now, getting to the Big 12 standings quickly, obviously of Oklahoma at the top. Oklahoma State uh, lost to Iowa State last week. So we do have a – three-way tie now which will be really interesting we'll have to keep our eyes on that oklahoma state baylor and iowa state all at three and one uh in second place in the big 12 so we'll see if that tie can be broken uh this week and then k-state down at the bottom uh down in i believe seventh place in a three-way tie for second to last with west virginia and tcu we'll have the chance to break that and hopefully actually definitely we will now, hopefully now oh, yeah, no you're right definitely definitely you of come course out, you gotta come out all confident. Gonna have to speak it into existence. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's what they say in the books. Now let's uh, just spend a couple minutes uh, naming our top ten K State players. Uh, Mitch Fortner from Cayman did it, so we thought we could join in on the fun. Um, do you want to give your top five? I'll give my top five, and then we'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll do six through ten. All right. So I I, I thought I ha- kind of had it all set, but then I had then I thought about uh, like I had some second second thoughts about Philip Brooks. So we'll, we'll see how things we'll go. See. So in my honorable mentions, I have Cooper Baby, Nick Leonards, and Nate Macklack. Nate Macklack is number 11. Okay. Malik Knowles is number 10. It's been really his return game, but he, he's got to – he's just got to catch – well, one, catch the, catch the football, and two, not lose the football like he did against Texas yeah. Tech. Reggie Stubblefield's number nine. I love his passion. He he showed a lot of fire in last in, during the Texas Tech game as well. Russ Yeast for Louisville transfers number eight. He's looking pretty good, especially when a lot of passes are under thrown. He's always there to get the interception. Ty Zentner, Ty Zentner. I mean, he, uh, yeah, he's the best punter in a long, that K State's had in a long time. Uh, I had either Cooper Baby or Phillip Brooks at number six, but I'm just starting to lean more towards Phillip Brooks. When he mm. when he finds his re- his target, like kind of finds his area, he can catch the ball in, in some tight coverage, uh, especially like against Iowa State two weeks ago. Yeah, he's run some really good routes. He's found a way to be open, you know, caught the touchdown pass against Iowa State. He's been a huge part, which has kind of been a shock to me. I'm a huge Malik Knowles guy. I thought he would be like a way uh, bigger, bigger part of the offense, but he kind know, of hasn't been. You know who I forgot now? Who? Landry Weber. I, I don't think – I mean, Landry Weber's good, but I don't know if he'd be in the top 10. Yeah, I think he's close, but maybe top 15. But I'll go ahead and give my top 10. So I got, I got Zentner at number 10. 
because he's been crushing it. But I don't know. He's a punter. I can't put him up like super duper high. I don't know. Is that is that kind of dissing on special teams? You a little oh. bit? <laughs> Not really. I, he's still in there. And then I have Noah Johnson at nine. I believe Knowles at eight. At seven, I just put somebody in the secondary because I thought the se- secondary did some love. I was thinking Echo Boydo maybe. I was thinking maybe Reggie Stubblefield because I if he played all the games, I definitely would put him in here. Maybe even like top five. But I I mean since he's not played, I think it's a little tough you yeah. know to kind of like take that into account. Then I have Philip Brooks at number six. I think he's been probably our best receiver so far in this slot. He's really just been crushing it. Um, and then I'll go ahead and do uh, my top five here. So I have Josh Rivas at five. Our offensive line's been pretty good. That's I agreed a, with four, he's been really Mitch good. on that. Yeah. Cooper Beebe at four. And then uh, at number three, I mean, you already know. Felix and you think I use them. Yeah. So I have Felix okay. at three. And then Skyler two, Deuce one. Okay, I think well, the top. Yeah, that's that, those are kind of gimmicks. Um Boy, you mentioned Josh Rivas too. I really got it. I really got to reconsider my yeah, top I, I, ten. Yeah, I I took a lot of bit. influence what? from uh, Mitch's list because I, I I thought it was pretty good. Let me see. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to judge offensive line if you're not like a true like you know like film guy. Which I mean, I'm like we are, we not, aren't so. we aren't KSO or anything. So we yeah, yeah we, we're, we're not experts in the field. So <laughs> exactly. So I I I haven't finished up the top five. So I'll just kind of list who's off. Joe Irvin, number five. He's very underrated. I thought about putting him in the top ten. He's been very good. I, I just it, think he needs more volume. I think like if he got the he same just needs volume, more. he'd be there. He just needs more handoffs. Yeah. I like. I I think he has a lot of potential. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Green's number four. He's been. He's oh, been, I'm so stupid. I forgot. Daniel he's been Green. very beneficial for the K State defense this year. I have Skylar Thompson yeah. at number three, mainly just because he hasn't at f- full potential health yeah. that we all wished. He would have definitely. I I would say he would have been number one, but just I mean it's not his fault. It's it's not his fault. It's just injuries happen. Uh, number two, here you can you can play this one. Uh yeah, here I got you. Felix and Utica. Oh Azuma. shoot! Sorry, sorry. Here we go. Felix and there we go. Just some technical issues. Yeah, technical difficulties. King, King Felix. If that's reign safe, supreme. If yeah. If that safety didn't tell you anything, I don't know what does. And then, yep. Deuce Bond. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, he's just he's just been he's just been all all, all around uh, offensive guy for Case. Dude. Yeah, running back, wide receiver, coach's dream. He's a he's a coach's dream. Like I just keep getting flashbacks of Darren Sproles back when he was at K State. So. Yeah, yeah, those two the moves he put on those those guys to make two of them miss. I mean that was ooh, that was so nice. nasty, so oh, nice. Man. Yeah, so uh, we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about K-State basketball, which should be a great time. You're not going to go anywhere. But first, let's hear a word from Tanners. And we are back on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Now let's get into some K-State basketball. Definitely a tough season last year. I decided to, you know, since, you know, it's it's the season of uh, joy, we're really, we're really in it now. I mean, college basketball is about to start. The NBA, NFL, college football, the World Series is It's like is all going. the major sports are starting oh, to man. Kind of- Kind of like, I think there was like one day earlier, like it was either a week or week ago or so, where like all the sports played on one day. It yeah, was it's just like it's crazy. Yeah, it I was, guess it was beautiful. I guess hockey's going off. You like hockey? I'm not a huge hockey guy, but anyway, yeah. So I decided to rewatch K State versus Baylor. And obviously, not the regular season one, the one in the tournament. That was really fun. You know, it got me really in the mood for some college basketball. We looked, I mean, we looked really good. You know, defense has always been a strong suit in the Bruce Weber area era. 
And I think with some of the, you know, the perimeter guards we have now, obviously Selton Miguel, Mike McGurl, and now Marquise Noel, who I've, we've heard is, you know, a, like a, a really good defender. I think we should be shutting down some of the strong guards that are in the Big 12. A lot of people keep saying, like a lot of people that I've talked to, he's like, oh, you, December didn't look too good for you guys, though. This K-State team back in March, they showed some light. They beat TC twice, beat Iowa State. Oh, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma, too, yeah. And then they almost had Baylor. They, they had him on the heels in, in Kansas City. So, so so you got some light coming back from this year. I'm mean, Last year, sorry. And then just some of the add-ons for K-State, I am I am looking forward to these transfers. I think it'll be really fun to Marcus, see them in action. Marquise Noel. Yeah. He's fantastic on the floor. Just a lot of – just he's just all around on the court, just active, just – He's just so fast. Yeah, just... and then we have uh, Mark Smith as well, a guard who can uh, shoot it really well. Yep. A fifth-year transfer from Missouri. Yep. And also Ishmael Massoud as well, who's another big man we can have, especially with Siri Lewis gone. He'll be a huge key. He can spread the floor as well, which will be really nice if you to... want to put him at the five and you know really try and you know play five out and spread the floor. I went to one of the practices um, before one of the football games, and uh, Ishmael um, really, really was – he was looking really good. Uh, he he gave me some Dean Wade vibes early on. I I, I know it, it's just high praise. High praise. I, I I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to seeing this team kind of combine. Like you got some of the transfers, newcomers coming in, like the freshmen and all. Um, and then you got some of key players like Nigel Pack, Davion Bradford, Mike McGurl. Mike McGurl's looking really good. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Selton Miguel. Selton Miguel. Yeah, Miguel has looked really good too. So I think. And I've, I heard K-State beat Oregon in a closed exhibition in Denver, too. So if that is true, well, they, they, don't, they don't come out publicly with that. But yeah. if that is true, this team has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, I mean, you have a pretty high ceiling. You really hope so, but um, you know, and then you talked about Nigel Pack. He is dealing with a hip injury right now, but I mean, Weber says he'll be ready to go for the oh, yeah. exhibition game against Pitt State. So hopefully, no real cause for concern. Uh, Dejuan Gordon, Antonio G- uh, Gordon, both gone. They entered the transfer portal after last season, and then you know, um, starting out the season, we do have a pretty tough non-conference. Schedule. It is tough. Yeah, well, it is surprisingly tough. Yeah, we uh, have- like. Back typically during the Bruce Weber era, like back in 2013, 2015, we've scheduled some pretty low, low-profile teams. Like most coming out, like the men majors, like the MIAC, SWAC. Uh, I mean Ivy League at times. Fort Hayes State. <laughs> okay, well we had COVID. Oh no, wait, not we didn't have it. Uh, Butler had COVID, yeah, and they couldn't show up, so we just had to play four day state and we all know anyway anyway well yeah we don't talk about it but uh yeah getting into you know some of the games they have you know they have the hall of fame classic they're gonna play arkansas who was a three seed in the tournament last year i Mm -hmm. believe then cincinnati illinois both strong both really strong programs arkansas and finished in the elite eight last year lost to baylor yeah who Uh, were by far the best team in the country they're doing they're looking really good yeah and then illinois they were number one seed in their regional before Sister Jean and Loyola. Took uh, yeah, around, the so. heroics continue from Sister Jean. And then they, we played Wichita State in interest, which is long overdue. We should have been playing WSU a long time ago. Uh, I well, I mean, probably, I, I, well, if you're considering like from 2014 to like 2018, probably not. I think 
Well, yeah, K State would have lost. It would have probably lowered our profile a little bit, but yeah, but it would have been a lot of fun. These two teams look pretty even, a little bit from what I'm seeing on paper. Yeah, now WSU's still a pretty strong team, you know, even though they lost Marshall and you know a lot of other people to the transfer portal. They're still they won the American. Yeah, they won the American. Yeah, they're a strong team. So yeah, there's there's a lot of promise happening down there. So yeah, and then we play Marquette at Nebraska. You know, if we can, you know, have kind of have a strong record coming out of here with some confidence. But I mean, just like just like K State football, a problem with basketball has kind of been a slow start. I know even in past years, even in some of like the gimmies, like they have been a little bit too close for comfort. You know, and you'd think with yep. some of these these freshmen that you know played last year, getting a lot of experience and being sophomores, now we should you know come out a little hotter. Just some of these losses, like to UNLV, uh, Florida State, that should leave a bad taste in their mouth. That, that that should definitely ignite them. And you, you also mentioned Nebraska. They're looking pretty good as well under Fred Hoiberg, the mayor who who was previously at Iowa State. Marquette now has Shaka Smart. We'll see how that goes. I think we got Ole Miss in the Big Twelve SEC yes, Challenge. Yes, yeah, we do. Too, so this is this is a good schedule. I I am. I am so looking forward to seeing some ma- some of these games. Yeah, and we and we haven't even mentioned that the Big Twelve is probably the uh, best conference number, in number one in the Kim Palm rankings. Yeah, it was the number one conference in college basketball. Yeah, you know, last year it was it was the Big Twelve or the Big Ten. You know, you I got, think I think it was the Big Twelve. I mean, seven defend- teams ranked in the top twenty-five. Seven. You have the defending mean, national champions, yeah. Baylor. You also have Kansas historically powerhouse. Yeah, true blue blood. And then you got Texas. They got Chris Beard in now. Never can count out Bob Huggins. Oklahoma State, they showed some fire with Kate Cunningham. We'll see how things kind of go there. Yeah. Uh, Porter Moser comes from Loyola, Chicago to Oklahoma. So we'll see if the Sooners have a little bit more of a fire. Maybe if it, maybe if it, they can finally win in Manhattan. We'll see. Yeah, the, um, the Big 12 is deep. It is, it is deep. It is surprisingly I mean, deep. And, I mean, it's it's. Probably it's going to get deeper, you know, with the with the addition of the think, new teams yeah, coming. I was just going to say that. Think about think about like you lose Texas and Oklahoma, but you add an a consistent NCAA tournament team in Brigham Young, uh, and but while they have to take a step back, Cincinnati they had some really great years under Mike Cronin. Calvin Sampson's Houston Cougars, the Final Four, they were in the Final Four last year, lost to Baylor, and UCF. Well, I think who was it? Taco Fall. Yeah, of course. Oh, the man himself. The, the man himself. Yeah. Most popular man in the NBA. <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, UCF and what you're starting to they have a program up on the uprise uh, in Orlando. So this is the, yeah. the future is bright for for not only K State but the Big Twelve just in general in basketball. That's going to be a massive, massive battle. Yeah, and you talk about you know the the slow start last year as a motivator. I mean, you know, being picked ninth in the Big Twelve is probably a motivator too. You know, I mean, the Big think, tw- like I, we, the Big Twelve is deep, but I mean, I, th- I think I think K State. Well, K State's better than Iowa State. Just looking up the rosters right now, K State's better than Iowa State. They're be- I think they're better than TCU as well. And then you can start kind of start questioning with like Oklahoma, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, but there's a lot of basketball to be played. A, you know, we got to see lot. it on the court. Yeah, exactly. So all the all the standings will play out, but the preseason ones don't really matter. I mean, yeah, because anybody can win on any given well, night. There was the year 
uh, Jacob Poland was on the cover of Sports. Was it Sports oh, Illustrated? Or I have a. I, I have, have a, a copy of that I too. too. Oh. K State number three in the country, and then I don't know how. What did it take us like a month to get out of the top twenty-five or something? Yeah, Man. lost to Colorado twice. We we finished up as a. I think was it. I think it's a fifth seed in in a in a regional that year. We we played Utah State, the twelfth seed. We won, and then we lost to Wisconsin the second night. That's a good memory, <laughs> man. I don't remember that at all, but yeah, um, you know. And then getting back, uh, you know, kind of what the roster is looking like this year. And you know, we have some pretty we have deep guard rotation. I'm sure we'll go back to the kind of like the four guard, mm-hmm. one big system that we were kind of using last year with you know M- Nigel Pack, Mike McGurl, uh, Marquise Noel, Sutton Miguel. You know, now with Mark Smith and uh, you know and Luke Kasupki as well. I mean, those would be really key guys. Mm-hmm. But you know, only three th- uh, three real big guys to work with: Davion Bradford. Who's, I think he's going to be a real key. I mean, he, I think he showed some signs last year. If he can get a post game, kind of a left hand. I think not, um, I think not only Davion Bradford, but Casey Eziego. Casey Eziego. He showed some light during the practice scrimmages, yeah. but he can definitely work on some stuff. Logan Landers, the freshman, he'll he'll have his hands ready as well. So Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we see any uh, Carlton Lingard as well. And then Carlton Ishmael Massoud will right. definitely yep. get some playing time as well. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, it wouldn't be surprised to see. You know, I don't know what our starting five would be if we would start Bradford and Masood. We we'll see what um, Coach yeah, Weber decides we'll to go with. It would definitely be interesting. But um, I mean, you know, talking about, I, I did rewatch that K State Baylor game. I mean, Davion Bradford was huge. Um, I think you know Nigel Pack off the ball. I think is going to be really important, making just, sure we can you just know, the progress from the team last year. Like that should. A lot of K State fans have been thinking, "Oh my goodness, we're in for a rough year." I'm, I come on, we we almost beat Baylor, yeah, we beat Oklahoma, like late in the year, we almost beat Texas too, uh, as well. So this team, this team has a lot of potential. And we lot- fi- we finished last season really strong, and I think we can definitely carry that into this year. You know, I think the one thing that we'll really I'll really be looking for is kind of like a true you know playmaker. I hope my girl can kind of step into that role because I think some of the stuff we ran was you know it was pretty good, but some of that off the script stuff when the shot clock's coming down, you know, trying to beat somebody off the dribble. I think we really struggled with that. We were sometimes a little. Uh, we just waited that you know that little second to try and make the pass, and it just wasn't quite there. And, um, you know, uh, but I think we can definitely approve on that on this season and, uh, you know, keep going with that. He's a he's a great leader. He he definitely has the potential to boost this team when, whenever they need to. It's it's a lot looking forward to it, man. Just yeah, looking forward to it. it'll be a great season. Again, they play this Thursday uh, or uh, next Thursday, excuse me, against uh, Pitt State. So it'll definitely be a lot of fun. But that is going to do it for us here on Wildcat 91.9. Thank you so much for listening to the Shake and Blake Show with uh, Blake Crawford and John Grove. Next week, we'll preview the Sunflower Showdown, talk about our first impressions of the basketball team, and whatever's going else on the sports world. The intro song is after the Powered by Mountaineer. We'll be back next week.